good morning, everybody, and welcome to uh, Morning Java. We'll be uh, we'll be here all day. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to be here all day. I, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. Maybe we'll be here all day. Maybe we won't. You never really know. Ah, well, February 18th, episode 15 of uh, season three. I know. It's amazing. Played a trick on you last week. Thought we weren't going to be here this week, didn't you? Huh? I thought we weren't going to be here this week because I'm pretty impressed. Well, things didn't uh, work out as planned, and that's Excellent. okay. <clears throat> I'm very so glad. Good morning, Robert. Robert's with us over there on the old Book of Faces. And uh, good morning to our uh, good friend Mike over there at uh, on the old Rumble channel. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the party. Welcome to the party. All right. Uh, all right. I'm going to get out there and do a little more. Get out there and do a little sharing. If you guys would all do the same thing, get out there and share the Rumble channel or share the uh, uh, Facebook. Either way, share it out there all over the place. <coughs> Viva would appreciate it. So much. Uh, we're going to be joined here. Later on by uh, our foreign correspondent, Mr. Phil Mallon. Uh, nice. One of the things I wanted to talk to him about, I wanted him to comment on, was how one of the Canadian justices just sided with, just sided with Trudeau and the Rules War Act, uh, saying that the Rules War Act can be used to quash anti-government protests, seizing bank accounts, imprisoning peaceful protesters, and uh, how all of that uh, is approved. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Canada's going down a dark hole, and we're, we're going to ask Phil about that when he comes on there. Because uh, it seems that the United States and Canada are just kind of running side by side with stuff. Um, because this is exactly what uh, they considered January 6th here uh, in their so-called insurrection. And... Uh, yeah, kind of the same thing. So mm. we'll talk to him about that because I would be very interested to know. Um, if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. Be Go back and watch any of the old episodes that you want to. They're a lot of fun. Uh, you can join us on... Um, Friday, Friday evenings on the... Not politically correct. The NPC show, sorry, on Facebook, uh, where uh, uh, Dodd and uh, Lee Thompson kick back and talk about uh, current events and things happening. And that's always fun. Um, returning in March, uh, Uncensored Wrestling Talk will be back on the air again. We're really happy to uh, have him back. Sarge Phillips will be back with us for that. Um, what else we got? Oh, history, myth, and legend is in the works. We're getting there, guys. Just give us some time. It's coming. Uh, this one, we're putting a lot of production into this. That's why it's taking so long, because we want this to be just absolutely fantastic for you. So, uh, waiting for a few people to get on there. We got five people on here. Good morning, Julie Huber Rogers. Good morning, Frosty. Listen, it is... Jessica Zumwalt's birthday today. No. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so this is what I want. I want everybody to bombard her Facebook page and her IMs and send her, just load her up with uh, all kinds of happy birthday wishes and cake pictures and all this stuff and tell her that the boys over here at, at uh, Traveling East sent you. The guys over at Morning Java. So tell her it's our fault. So it's I want totally you to just bombard her with that. Julie, do it. I know you're watching. I see you. <laughs> so load up her page and her uh, her uh, messaging and everything with all kinds of birthday stuff. And uh, over and over and over, I want you to bombard her and tell her that it's our fault that the morning the boys over here at Morning Java sent you. I better mute my phone, too, before she starts yelling at me when this happens. That because is a great idea. It will happen. <clears throat> I'll be hearing from her. Yes. Yes, I believe it is. Now, something I did remember. What did you remember? Check this out. Yeah. All the way from the evil mad scientist lab of our uh, favorite alderman, David Norman. Yeah. The newest piece from the 3D set. Look at that. Oh, that is sweet. There you go. That is Liberty is dead is what that piece is called. And he made for us. Isn't that awesome? I really like it. Isn't that cool? Yep. I saw him this week, which is rare because I'm never in Troy. But. Oh, you had to get him some pickle juice, didn't you? Well, actually, I guess that means technically I saw him twice because I ran into him at um, Country State of Mind Designs. He was standing there waiting to pick up an order. I was like, oh, you know, when you do that thing where, you know, you know somebody, but you for a second, you don't. And you're like, oh, that guy looks just like David. And then he turns around. And he's like, God, it's like, hey, oh, it was it was a good time. Now, something else coming up. Uh, this show will be changing its time slot uh, in the near future. We don't know exactly when, but it could be, I would say, in March sometime. Hopefully. Um, we'll be going to a primetime slot to a more of an evening slot. I don't know which day yet uh, or which, what exact time. But uh, I think what we'll do is we're going to have a contest to name the show. So if everybody would send in their... Uh, ideas of what to name that show as long as it has the word java in it so this show will morph into from morning java to you know a, a, a later <gasps> late night java okay um so and then the winner the one that we pick <clears throat> will receive a morning java t-shirt coffee cup and tumbler how's that uh, i can dig that yeah yeah that's fun I really think that's a good idea. Morning, Catherine. Catherine Dreyer's joining us over there. She's on the radio a lot now. She's doing a lot of speaking. Have you yes, noticed that? Did you see that? I definitely noticed that. She's over on uh, Real Talk, I think, whatever it's called. I don't know the exact numbers of the station, but... <clears throat> also, uh, something else I'd like for you guys to do for me. I'd like for you to go to, matter of fact, I'm going to put it right here. Uh, 
let's see. See if I can get it to come up. Ah, I would like for you after the show, don't do it right now because it'll take you away from here, but click on that link and I'd like you to go follow Black Flag Outfitters. Yes. And make sure you do that because we got some some uh, exciting news coming up here very soon. Black Flag Outfitters. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk more about that. <clears throat> yes, we here will. Here in just a little bit. But Oh, it's 93.3. Real Talk 93.3 is what she's on. So... Uh, I can't think of any other announcements. Can you? <sighs> no, not even a little bit. Other than, man, this tea's good. Yeah, I feel so great this morning now. Because I got a day, man. I woke up this morning and I felt like I got rolled over by a dump truck. <sighs> and now that I've sat here for a little bit, and I've had some tea, some coffee, some monster, and a biscuit. Yeah, good. this morning's uh, breakfast is brought to you by Jen, the faceless voice in the background. Mm. Sometimes uh, she brought us brought us breakfast this morning and tea. Man, uh, so awesome! <clears throat> also, if you would go and follow Common Grounds in uh, Winfield. Yep. Uh, on Facebook, yes. Uh, hopefully, one day that's going to open up soon. Mm, yes, um, that's Common Grounds Coffee House, which will be right next door to uh, Black Flag Outfitters. Yes, well, how about that? You'll be able to grab yourself a cup of coffee and get yourself a couple boxes of ammo. That'd be a good time. Yeah, be a real good time. Well, remember, remember, people used to come in. And they would, like, drop off a pistol slide to have it done. And since I was the fastest, it could be done in a few hours. Well, that's because we were there till 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's, that's pretty true, too. And then they could show up the next morning to pick it up. Yeah. Now they can go get a cup of coffee. Yeah. Just go a cup of coffee. And then when Bill closes, we'll just walk through the door and go make us some coffee. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah. That is oh, such a good Bill's team. working on a grinder right now. I don't want to hear that you're on grinder, Bill. 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 B- B- Bill's on grinder? Oh, Bill. Wow. That is. Catherine says so it takes tea, coffee, and a monster for Dodd to wake up. What a night. Yeah. Yeah. That's. You got on calls last night or what? No. No. No, I just went to bed. And you know when you go to bed and you don't move? Like you wake up in the exact same position you fell asleep in. So then your entire body hurts. Yeah. That's what I did last night. I hit Uh, it real hard and I woke up and it was that as soon as you open your eyes, you go, oh, crap. Because you haven't moved yet, but you know, as soon as you move, it's going to suck. I get it. And it did. The shower was hot, but it wasn't a hot tub. So, okay. (laughs) Not even a little bit. <coughs> uh, well, yeah. Today's going to be a fun one. I, I've, I've been waiting for you to say it. Today, we're going to d- dive into the uh, Internal Revenue Service, mm. the IRS, from its origins, where it began to present. Oh, so this is like one of those origin stories that Marvel does? 
Kind of, sort of. Okay. Because guess what? It does begin with the Civil War. I bet it does. Begins with the Civil War and brings us to t- today. And we're going to end. We're going to talk about uh, uh, the Civil War. We're going to talk about post-Civil War and uh, uh, Reconstruction. Mm. We're going to talk about the 16th Amendment. Presidential tax returns. Uh, we're going to talk about the computerization in the IRS. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, and we'll end talking about, uh, oh, the labor union. Yeah. And uh, some of the controversies associated with the IRS. You mean like when it got weaponized? Oh, so, okay. That's where we're going to be today with all that. Well. So, fasten your seatbelts, pour you a cup of coffee, and get ready because um, uh, this is going to be fun. Whew, I feel like First of all, the uh, IRS was formed originally in its original form uh, July 1st of 1862. Eight, you're right. You heard me right, folks. 1862. Of course... The that was not it wasn't under its original name at that time. Uh, this name that it goes by now originated in about 1918. Oh, um, it is under the jurisdiction of the federal government of the United States. Uh, it's located in uh, Washington, D.C., right over there on Constitution Avenue. <laughs> uh, it is a part of the Revenue Service. Okay, it is the part of the Treasury Department of Treasury, uh, I guess is what I'm trying to say. That's the agency that it's supposed to, that's supposed to govern it. Um, under the jurisdiction of the federal government of the United States, it has uh, ninety three thousand six hundred and fifty four employees as of twenty twenty two. Those are the numbers. Uh, 78,661 of those are full-time employees. Wow. Would you like to guess what its annual budget is? Astronomical. $13.7 billion. That's what the Internal Revenue's budget is. Well, that puts them on the Fortune 500. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, the commissioner at this point in time is Douglas O'Donnell. Um, and of course, you can visit them at uh, irs.gov. So, should you choose to venture down that road. So, let's begin, shall we? Let's do. Let's go back to... <clears throat> To the American Civil War, 1861, 1865. Party Harney. Okay. Let's do it. In July of 1862, the American Civil War, under President Abraham Lincoln and Congress, passed the uh, Revenue Act of 1862. This created the Office of Commissioner of Internal Revenue and enacted a temporary income tax to pay war expenses. Hmm. Uh, The Revenue Act of 1862 was passed as an emergency and temporary 
and, and I'm going to do this, temporary wartime tax. Oh. Uh, it was basically a copy of a new British system of uh, income taxation. Kind of odd, right? Well, that didn't take long for you to completely forget why you were away from Britain. A hundred years earlier, almost a hundred years earlier, you know, 90 some odd years earlier. Yeah. So, so yeah. Well, what that did, instead of trade and property taxation, it was the first income tax, and it was passed in 1862. Um, the initial rate was 3% on income over $800, okay. which pretty much exempted most wage earners right. at that time, because $800 is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <clears throat> um, in 1862, the rate was 3% on income between $600 and $10,000 and 5% on income over $10,000. Oh, so we're already playing tax well, the rich? We're already playing tax the rich. Mm. Of course, if you're making $10,000, that's pretty rich really at that time. Hmm. It's a lot of money, but I digress. So an extra 2% on anybody who made income over $10,000. By the end of the war, 10% of union households had paid some sort of income tax. And the union raised 21% of its war revenue through income taxes. Hmm. Abraham Lincoln. Hmm. Once again. In Congress at that time. Now, we have a lot that we complain about when it comes to Lincoln. Isn't but this that, is just one of those in Congress at that time. But isn't that the Congress that's only made up of the states that didn't get kicked out? Yes. Okay. It, it does not does not include those southern states. Okay. This is just a tax on the north. Okay. And pretty much any territory that they took as they were taking it, I'm sure. They started mm-hmm. enacting that tax as they went. So, um, after the Civil War came what's called Reconstruction, <laughs> or what we know as Reconstruction, which was uh, railroads uh, transforming the North and South War machines towards peacetime required a lot of public funding, from what they're saying, <laughs> um, or what they claimed, public funding. Mm. Uh, in 1872, seven years after the war, uh, lawmakers allowed the temporary Civil War income tax expire. Okay. So it expired. It was gone. Well, income taxes evolved. In 1894, the Supreme Court declared the income tax of 1894 unconstitutional in what was known as Pollock uh, versus Farmers Loan and Trust Company. It's a big case you should remember. A Which was a decision that contradicted another case, Hilton versus United States. Uh, Hilton spelled with a Y, by the way. Uh and the federal government just kind of scrambled to raise money. Mm-hmm. In 1906, with the election of President uh, Theodore Roosevelt, 
good old Teddy. Mm-hmm. And later, his successor, William Taft, <coughs> uh, we saw a populist movement for tax reform. It culminated during uh, Woodrow Wilson's election of 1912. And in February of 1913, the ratification of the 16th Amendment to the United States Constitution. The Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived Mm -hmm. without apportionment among the several states Mm -hmm. and without regard to any census or enumeration. Mm-hmm. Think about those words. Oh. And let's digest that for just a second, can we? Mm. Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source it came from, wherever mm-hmm. it came from. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Whatever your income is, they have the right to tax it. Yep. At that point in time, you could say gifts, donations, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever source it was derived. If my neighbor came to me and said, hey, man, uh, I know you're having a hard time. I thought 20 bucks might help you with some gas while you're looking for a job. I could be taxed on that 20 bucks that was just given to me Correct. by a friend. <laughs> Without apportionment among the several states. Mm-hmm. And without regard to any census or enumeration, this granted Congress the specific power to impose an income tax without regard to appointment among the states by population. Right. Um, By February of 1913, 36 states, let's see, 36 states ratified the change to the Constitution. It was further ratified by six more states by March. Of the 48 states at the time, 42 of them ratified it. Hmm. Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Utah rejected the amendment. Pennsylvania, Virginia, and Florida did not take up the issue. Well, it sounds a lot like your lawmakers in 19, whatever the hell this is, really represented you well. Oh, wait. No, they didn't. <clears throat> uh, very. Yeah, that's very true. Mike, Mike says uh, over on our Rumble feed, he says uh, there's no such thing as a temporary federal government program. They are like a close. They are the closest thing to being immortal. And, and he's not wrong. Mm. Thank you, Mike. So that was the 16th Amendment. Funny how that happened. Thoughts? Well, I think it's interesting that we notice a change in the amendments of this time to the U.S. Constitution. They are clearly not in the best interest of the American people, but only in the interest of preservation of government. Mm Mm-hmm. 
because we see different uh, during the same time period. We have the Prohibition Act, which is a constitutional amendment that gets overturned. This is some big stuff that if you take a step back and look at, you basically start to see the snowball mm-hmm. of overbearing government begin. And you start seeing it now getting bigger and bigger. And one of the biggest things that you need, no matter if it's to grow a business, to grow your life, or to grow a government, is funding. So it's one of the first things you have to go after. Well, this all began, first of all, with the Civil War, which was the biggest overreach of government at that time. Very much. Um, To declare war on your own citizens is basically what they did. I don't care if the South said we don't want to be a part anymore. There was nothing was ever voted on. Mm. It didn't actually like legally happen. So therefore, when the North declared war, Hmm. you just declared war on the United States citizens. So in my opinion, uh, Abraham Lincoln and Congress are both guilty. Mm. That starts it. A war that did not need to happen. Well, but and we, we need, can go down that road later. We'll do a study on the Civil War and what the plans but, were. But it's for interesting it. since you're talking about taxation, we should go ahead and bring it, bring this piece of the Civil War up. Go for it. Is one of the biggest things that led to the the the, the original act at Fort Sumner was that the Southern states were being taxed mm-hmm. on these ridiculous import taxes and export taxes, and no one else was. They were being taxed on their slaves, too. They, but the biggest thing was their production, mm-hmm. because the South was rich. Even though the North had all of the manufacturing, the South produ- produced raw domestic goods. Because they were exporting. Right, and they were exporting to all of Europe and everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Big items like tobacco and cotton. Mm-hmm. So the federal government decided to tax the crap out of them, and the South said, well, we're not being represented in the Congress whatsoever. And that those are the events that eventually led to Fort Sumner. So I think it's interesting that a, the true root of the American Civil War is actually taxation, no matter what the victors try to tell you it was. Well, locally, locally taxation was happening anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the local government gov- uh, governorships mm-hmm. of the states because I have documentation from Lincoln County alone right here in Lincoln County of several slave owners with prominent names in this community mm-hmm. right now whose families are still here today. Right. Some of them even still in control of things. Oh. Of them listing, they have to, you had to uh, declare the number of slaves you had Mm because you were taxed on them. Yep. Pretty pretty normal. Interesting. No, I'm not going to spill the tea, Catherine. I'm not going to name names. You'll have to go back and do the research yourself. I like your enthusiasm, though. (laughs) (laughs) If that's what you're interested in, Catherine. Uh, So, Mm. there we go. And then, and then we have the post Sixteenth Amendment. Oh, this should be great! I now, know where this is going. Well, we've got a, a bit to cover. Oh, now the uh, now though that the uh, constitutional amendment 
Um, though the though the constitutional constitutional amendment to allow the federal government to collect income taxes was um, proposed by President Taft in 1909, mm-hmm. the 16th Amendment was not ratified until 1913, just before the start of the First World War. Mm. Yeah, that. Now that same year, the first edition of the 1040 form was introduced. A copy of the 1913 form. Uh, you can look at actually is on the IRS website and it shows that only those with annual incomes of at least $3,000, which is equivalent to about 82,300 in today. Uh, only those were instructed to file an income tax return. So you had to have made 82,000. Like if today that was the case, you had to make over $80,000 to even have to file. Oh, so we're, Trying to fund the government through tax in the rich again? Indeed. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, Man, Americans, you almost be a bunch of losers if you're Well, this. it's funny that everything we ran away from and we fought to get away from, we became. Of course. It's almost like Revolutionary War didn't happen and there was no purpose in it. We might as well have stayed part of the Commonwealth. Uh, yeah. Um, actually, looking at what we are today, yeah. we'd probably be better off as part of the Commonwealth. Probably. Uh, in the first year after the ratification of uh, the 16th Amendment, uh, no taxes were collected. Okay. Instead, taxpayers simply completed the form and the IRS checked for the form, checked the form for accuracy. I don't know how the hell they would check it for accuracy back then, but okay. Uh, I guess just check your adding and subtraction, I guess. I don't know. Um, The IRS's workload jumped by tenfold, and that triggered a massive restructuring. Professional tax collectors began to replace a system of patronage and appointments. Um, The IRS doubled its staff, but was still processing... 1917 returns in 1919. They were two years behind. Oh. Income tax raised a lot of the money required to finance the war effort. In 1918, a new revenue act Mm. established a top tax rate. Oh, here it comes. Are you ready for this? Oh, I'm ready. Of 77%. Yeah. 77%, 77%, dude. Mm-hmm. So basically, every dollar I made, I kept 25%, 25 cents. Yeah. And what's amazing- 23 it, cents. What's so amazing about this is what the American people do in response to it. Hmm. <sighs> Does anybody want to guess what they did? Go ahead. Nothing. 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 It's phenomenal. Same thing they do now. Nothing. Exactly. So, in 1919, the IRS was tasked with enforcement of the laws relating to prohibition of alcohol sales and manufacturing. Hashtag ATF. Correct. Um, This was transferred to the jurisdiction of the Department of Justice in 1930. And we spoke about that already with two episodes ago. If you want to know that whole side, go 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 back and see that episode 13. 
Um, after the repeal in 1933, the IRS resumed collection of taxes on beverage alcohol. Mm-hmm. The alcohol, tobacco, and firearms activities of the Bureau were segregated into the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives in 1972. Again, go back to uh, episode 13 uh, for more on the ATF. Mm-hmm. Um, a new tax act was passed in 1942. Hmm. As the United States entered into the Second World War, are we seeing a trend here? Mm-hmm. Wartime tax. Wartime tax. The government makes money during war. War makes money. Mm-hmm. It does. So when your government is trillions of dollars in debt, what's the best thing to do? Tax have the a people. war. Yeah, have a war. Yeah. No big deal. Um so when that new tax act was passed, it included uh, a special wartime surcharge. Number of American citizens who paid income tax increased from about four million in uh, 1939 to more than 42 million uh, by 1945. In 1952, after a series of politically damaging incidents of tax evasion and bribery among its own employees, President Harry Truman. Oh, surely not. With the approval of Congress. Hmm. Um, the reorganization decentralized a lot of the functions to the new district offices, which replaced um, collection collector's offices. Um, civil service directors were appointed to replace the politically appointed hmm. Uh, collectors of the Bureau uh, of Internal Revenue. And not long after that, the Bureau was renamed the Internal Revenue Service. It's it's really interesting how we see the... Um, <sighs> I don't even know what you call it. Evolution, metamorphosis. Mm. It's a it's a very odd thing as we're as we're digging through this and seeing the the change that do, that does kind of take place in it and the events that that follow it. Now, one thing out there that is not odd and it's not weird at all. You know, well, okay, it's a little weird, and you know what that is, right? It's Elliot Florin. It's not weird. I mean, Ken's a little weird, but not in a bad way. Go over and see Ken over at Elliot Florin. He's at 406 South Lincoln Drive. He is there till 2 o'clock today. He can put some new floor coverings in. He can do new countertops in your kitchen, backsplashes. It's going to be a good time. You should go over and go see him and see what is going on because you won't be disappointed if you do. You can give him a call, 528-6334. Of course, they're Monday through Friday. They're till 2 on Saturday, closed on Sunday. And, of course, if you work a strange schedule need to meet with them at an hour, they're closed. They're they're the best. And the reason they're the best is because they're happy to meet with you whenever you need to meet because they want to supply you with that beautiful new home floor, counter, backsplash, whatever it is. And they're happy to do that for you. So go check them out. That's our friends over at Elliott Flooring in 
Troy. See, not weird. Not weird at all. Unlike everything we're talking about, which is freaking weird. So, in 1954, the filing deadline was moved from March 15th to April 15th. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. 1954. The Tax Reform Act of 1969 created the alternative minimum tax. By 1986, limited electronic filing of tax returns was possible. So that was in 1986. Well, I bet that was janky. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining file your taxes on the MS-DOS form. Uh, Well... Because, you know, that's funny in my head. I'm so glad Bill has a sense of humor. <sighs> What'd you do to him? Well, he sent a picture. Oh. And, uh, you know, we told you he was working on his grinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, now he's told me that his grinder is adjusted and it's working very well for him. So I'm glad grinder's working for you, Bill. Oh, boy. <sighs> okay. Go wow, Bill. that was... But I'm... <laughs> Yeah, um, coffee, um, coffee grinder, of course. Yeah, I, but, I, you know, yeah, it just fried my mind. Yeah, and now that you fried my mind, it's country state of mind designs and joy. Because, <laughs> dude, that's what it happens when you fry my mind like that. I just reset to people who sponsor us because that's what I have to do. So. Have you? Well, you, oh, I almost just asked you if you'd been over to see Lisa. Of course, you've been to see Lisa. But for the rest of you guys, if you've not been over to see Lisa, then you need to go see her. She is at Country State of Minds Design in Troy. It is super cool. She's on South Lincoln Drive. Go over and see her. Maybe it's some T-shirts, or maybe you want to get your vehicles lettered. Whatever it happens to be. She does transfers. She does vinyl. She does sublimation printing. She does all kinds of really cool stuff. And it's really fun because she has quick turnaround times. You can find her at countrystateofminddesigns.com. Go over, find her, go visit her. You're not going to be disappointed because she can get you set up with whatever you want just because you want it. Or maybe you have business needs like T-shirts, vehicle letterings, anything like that. She could take care of you. So go over and go see her. You won't be disappointed. And she's really funny, which helps. I mean, anytime I get ready to spend money on a business, I'm happy if I'm buying from somebody who's funny. Did you short out? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Can I finish the rest of this section now? Yeah, that's why I just got done with the people who pay us. <laughs> I was going to do those after I finished this section. Well, I was watching the clock. Ah, we're not, st- we're not, we don't. Gee. So the Internal Revenue Service, uh, the Reconstructioning Reform Act of 1998, mm. known as RRA 98. Makes sense. Well, that changed the organization from geographically oriented to an organization based on four operating divisions. It added 10 deadly sins that require 
immediate termination of IRS employees found to have committed certain misconduct. Ooh. Um, enforcement activities declined. The IRS Oversight Board noted that the decline in enforcement activities was raised uh, or has raised questions about tax compliance okay. and fairness to the vast majority of citizens who pay all their taxes. In June of 2012, the IRS uh, Oversight Board recommended to to the Treasury a fiscal year 2014 budget of $13.074 billion for the Internal Revenue Service. On December 20th, 2017, three years later, Congress passed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. Mm-hmm. Signed into law by President Trump on December 22nd, 2017. Mm-hmm. In the 2017 fiscal year, the IRS uh, had 76,832 employees conducting its work a decrease of 14.9% from 2012. Mm. So, and then we saw, of course, them try to hire on another 80 some odd thousand. Remember that? Oh, I remember that. And that was just killed. That's the first thing. That's the first thing homeboy did when he became speaker. Yes, it is. Which was pretty amazing because that was to hire an additional 76,000. 80 something thousand, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah, I believe it was. 84, 87. Mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly what the number was, but yeah. Good morning, Brandy. Brandy joining us over there on the Book of Faces. Uh. Mike says, it's not weird that you're bringing the corrupt government into light. (laughs) Valid. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm... uh, And uh, hello to everybody watching us over there on the old... uh, On the old... uh, We're we're lit up on uh, Rumble right now. I believe we are. So, thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah, I hope you're enjoying time. it. I guess they finally decided to watch us on Rumble Nation. It's it's getting it's getting there. Yeah. It's getting there. I'm so happy. Um, our numbers have just yeah. increased, increased. It's a great time to become part of the Traveling East Productions family. If you have a business, come and talk to us. Uh, message Dodd or myself. Uh, Dodd's busy, so message me. Uh, <laughs> That way I don't have to pay him a sales commission. No, I'm just kidding. He's um, actually probably telling the truth. <laughs> no, message message us. It doesn't matter. Either one of us, it doesn't matter. Hell, message Jen for all the hell I care. Uh, but we've got uh, some great packages for you uh, for sponsoring Traveling East Productions mm-hmm. across all of our, our uh, platform on all of our shows. Um, and then, of course, we've got election coming up uh, in April. And mm-hmm. we're going to start uh, talking to some folks about that here pretty quick, too. Yes. Uh, special event there when we do election coverage. Um, always one of our favorites. We are the only local entity that has been recognized by the uh, Lincoln County Election Board, our Board That's of true. Elections, uh, as uh, a source. Yes. So I'm real proud of that. That was not, and that was in our very first, uh, that was a presidential election. Yes, it was, 2020. Yeah. 
What a night, hey? What a night. Now, before I move forward. Yes. If you've got any comments to make, and then we're going to get into, uh, we're, we're going to get into uh, presidential tax returns and then the computerization of the IRS. Uh, uh, so if you've got any comments at this point, please, let's have a conversation. Mm. It's definitely been interesting to to watch the the progression and what events led to and which presidents authorized the the most extreme acts. Certainly from, you know, Woodrow Wilson and the Obama years and even Reagan and some of his tax cut but tax increases. It's it's super interesting to watch. It's also interesting to watch the continual the continual movement where each group that imposed a tax chose to tax the only people who were actually making money. Mm, the rich. And then in turn, if we had an economic chart, you would notice a downturn in employment thereafter. Because I do know for a very solid fact that that went on. Every time they, tax the, mm-hmm. they increase the taxes on, quote, the rich, employment numbers took took a hard hit. True. Because they went, fine, then we'll just keep laying people off. And they did. Very, very heavily. Now, of course, maybe maybe you're out there. Maybe. And you've got yourself a, I don't know, a business, a home, a boat, something like that. Then you know what you need to do. You need to call Holly over at Safe Harbor Insurance. Because you want to. And you want to see what Holly can do for you. Because Holly's not tied to one of the big companies. She is a broker. And by being a broker, she can get you the very best deal on whatever kind of insurance it is you're looking for. So what I want you to do is I want you to reach out to Holly over at Safe Harbor Insurance. You can find them on Facebook, of course, at Safe Harbor Insurance. Mm Mm-hmm. And on there, you've got a phone number and an ad, ad, uh, address. Wow. 636-578-7426. They're located at 120 East Avenue, Suite 1. Uh, there, and uh, Or you can email holly at safeharborinsco.com. I-N-S-C-O.com. Boom. Now we just saved you money. All you got to do is do the footwork now. Yeah. The hard part's over. The hard part's over. Give them a call. Show. Go down and show Holly your current. Your current. Yeah. Uh, and, and and let her see if maybe she could save you some money somewhere else. If maybe she, you're paying for some things you don't really need. Mm-hmm. And that's the best way to do it. Take your policy in. Because if you're like me, you go to one of these larger companies, these larger umbrella companies, and you'll notice your package or your policies, including stuff that you really don't even need. There's no point in it. It's like having an older vehicle and paying full coverage. Why? Exactly. Same thing. Yep. So check them out for sure. You will not be disappointed in the slightest. Trust me. Oh, Oh, um, yes. well, first of all, Mike uh, was referring to our, our coverage, our, our uh, um, election coverage. And he said it's because 
we are fair and unbiased in our coverage. Hmm. Wow, thank you. Um, and then he said, it is not just the president at the time, but the Congress as well who wrote the laws. Mm-hmm. And if you look at them, these all seem to come from the same states, usually one of the liberal Northeast ones. Pretty much. That is very, very accurate, Mike. Um, from the 1950s mm-hmm. through the 1970s, um, the IRS kind of began to using technology such as microfilm uh, to keep and organize all of its records. Um, access to that information proved uh, a little bit controversial when President Richard Nixon's tax returns were leaked to the public. His tax advisor, Edward L. Morgan, became the fourth law enforcement officer to be cha- charged with a crime during Watergate. And that's a whole other show. No. John Required Jr. Accused of leaking the Nixon tax returns, he collected uh, delinquent taxes in the, slum, in the slums of Washington. In his words, quote, we went after people for nickels and dimes, many of them poor, and in many cases, illiterate people who didn't know how to deal with a government agency, end quote. Yeah. Uh, he admitted that he saw the returns, but denied that he leaked them. Mm-hmm. Um, reporter Jack White of the <laughs> of the Providence Journal uh, won the Pulitzer Prize for reporting about Nixon's tax returns. Now, Nixon, with a salary of uh, $200,000, paid $792.81 in federal income tax in 1970 and $878.03 in 1971. With deductions of fifty, or sorry, with deductions of five hundred and seventy-one thousand for donating vice presidential papers, you made two hundred thousand dollars, but you were able to donate five hundred and seventy-one thousand. How does that add up? Just a question to put out there to the universe. Hmm. But he; those were the deductions. 571000 for donating vice presidential papers. And this was one of the reasons for his famous statement, quote, well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got, end quote. Mm-hmm. So controversial was that leak that uh, most later U.S. presidents released their tax, tax returns sometimes only partially. Um, And those returns can be found online at the Tax History Project. If you want to look at any of those and study any of those. Okay. Okay, Your thoughts. First of all, that's stupid. There's no reason to ever release your taxes. Secondly, any of you out there who say phrases like I'm a good person and pay my taxes. It just means you're a freaking idiot. <laughs> means you're a sheep. It means I don't. I, I, do you think that means something to me? I've had two people this week use those lines. No, really? In one week? Yeah. I That means absolutely nothing to me. Nothing. 
it means you do as you're told and you have no intestinal fortitude whatsoever. Not even a little bit. So please find new ways to convince me you're a good person because I don't care if you pay your taxes. Mm. I'm more likely to believe you if you're like, yeah, I don't pay my taxes ever. Hmm. Okay, cool. Party hardy, bro. It's a uh, it's an interesting thing that we, we look at because as we have dug through years and years of the intrusive behavior of the IRS, this is just the first case that we're going to hit on of the IRS having a completely different purpose. Oh, yes. We're going to get into some of that, too. Mm-hmm. I know exactly where you're going. Um. And, and it's funny because in its conception, in the very beginning, um, this was, and it was, it was led by the Commissioner of Internal Revenue, and um, it was the Bureau of Internal Revenue in its creation, but you can see from its beginning the one thing that it has continuously violated as far as our uh, amendments to the Constitution, the one thing it has continuously violated through from its conception till now is taxation without representation. Mm. Continuously. And we've allowed it to happen. What would happen if everybody in the United States just overnight said, nope, not paying. What are you going to do? Arrest everybody? Exactly. You want to wake the government up? That's one way to do it right there. Just everybody just say, nope, I'm not filing. I'm not doing anything. Piss off. Mm -hmm. In unison, flip the government a bird. That's it. It would definitely be an interesting thing to see. The problem is the government still gets your money because your employer will pull taxes no matter what. Indeed. So you have to move it up to a greater level, which is for companies to flip the bird and say we're not doing it. Because that will allow you to continue to work, but we'll flip the bird. By the end of the Second World War, mm. the IRS was handling 60 million tax returns each year. Now, they used a combination of mechanical desk calculators, uh, accounting machines, pencil and paper forms, all of that. In 1948, punch card equipment was used. Remember those? Well, no. My mother does. The first trial of a computer system for income tax processing was in 1955. I'm sure that computer was the size of this room. It was the IBM 650 installed at Kansas City, and it processed 1.1 million returns. Um, the IRS was authorized to proceed with computerization in 1959 and it purchased the IBM 1401 and the IBM 7, 7070 systems. 
Mm. And that was for local and regional data processing centers. Mm -hmm. The social security number. Oh, yes. Was used for taxpayer identification starting in 1965. Mm. That's when you became not a name, but a number. That's when you became the property of the United States government. By 1967, all returns were processed by computer and punch card data entry was phased out. Makes sense. Information processing in the IRS systems of the late 1960s was in batch mode. Um, Microfilm records were updated weekly. They were distributed to um, regional centers for uh, handling tax inquiries. There was a project to implement an interactive real-time system, the tax administration system. Uh, That was launched. That would provide thousands of local interactive terminals at IRS offices. Mm Mm-hmm. However, the General Accounting Office prepared a report critical of the lack of protection of privacy in TAS, uh, and the project was abandoned in 1978. Makes sense. So far, that's the only smart thing that I've right at all. In 1995, the IRS began to use the public Internet for electronic filing, And since the introduction of e-filing, self-paced online tax services have flourished, augmenting the work of tax accountants who were sometimes replaced. Mm -hmm. My mother worked for an accountant and used a punch card machine while working for that accountant. And I want to say that was in California. Wow. It may have been, that may have been in... uh, it may have been in Las Vegas, but I'm, I'm thinking it was California. I don't know at this time. Um, in 2002, more than a third of all tax returns were filed electronically. Um, that led to a decline in the number of paper returns being processed each year. As a result, the IRS uh, implemented a consolidation plan Uh, and that was for its paper tax return processing centers closing five Mm -hmm. of its ten processing centers between 2003 and 2011 Um, they closed two more centers one in 2019 and another one in 2021 as e-file use continued to expand uh, e-file tax returns accounted for 90% of all returns submitted during the 2021 filing season. That, yeah, that makes sense. Why pay an accountant when you don't have to? Right. Why not give these guys 30 bucks to file it for you? Right. 60 bucks, whatever it is. Um, in 2003, the IRS struck a deal with tax software vendors Uh, It would not develop online filing software, and in return, software vendors would provide free e-filing to most Americans. 
In 2009, 70% of filers qualified for free electronic filing of federal returns. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because if you look at that 70%, then that means 70% of Americans just do a basic tax form and work for somebody. That means that your other percentage is where your business owners are. Because there is no possible way you can sit there and do an itemized business tax return. Indeed. As an e-form. Right. You do need right. an accountant for that. Right. So I just think that's interesting to see that, that difference in comparison. I would agree. With that being said, we... Uh, Welcome our foreign correspondent away up there in Canada. Phil, Phil, how are you today? Good day. Hey, I'm doing great. And you guys? Doing wonderful. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Been an interesting week this week for sure. Yeah. Um, that's what I was seeing. Um, I noticed uh, that one of your Canadian justices uh, sided with Trudeau on the, world's, on the Rules of War Act. Yeah. Uh, the Rulo uh Judge Rulo, or we call him here honorable, but I don't know how honorable it really is because here's an interesting fact I don't know if you guys know about is that apparently Judge Rulo is related to Trudeau, Trudeau through marriage. Okay, that doesn't oh. surprise me. And uh, yeah, the, um, he ruled, uh, the report came out yesterday in the media, was going through it and some other groups and that. And he ruled that he believed that uh, the government was justified in enacting the Emergency Act uh, due to things. But apparently he added some uh, recommendations. And, you know, one of the things that uh, he ruled saying that the reason why the Emergency Act was, he believed, was enacted because there was a small group of people who weren't to be there for peaceful that were supposedly racist and that. I think there was only like maybe 10 people at the most for that. Everyone else was uh, all peaceful and everything. But there are a couple of groups that are going to be taking uh, the government still to court over the act. Uh, and that comes up in April. Hmm. Oh my. Yeah. Because Judge Rulo said that he can't he said because he was just there to hear, do the hearing, he can't rule on whether, you know, if there was any illegal activity through government, uh, levels of government and that. And, um, yeah, I think it's just a load of BS, you know, I think because, like I said, he was appointed as a, a judge by Trudeau. He's also related to Trudeau through marriage. Uh, to the family or someone in the family and um, yeah it's just you know from what everyone's saying there's a lot of people that are very upset with the ruling saying that it came out like you guys seen some of the stuff that came out saying that uh, most of the problems were with uh, the law agencies not co you know not cooperating with each other you know doing stuff behind uh, the back and uh it is just a load of crap. Mm, wow. Yeah. 
And one other interesting that came out just the other day is that apparently the commissioner of the RCMP is stepping down and retiring. And a lot of people oh. believe because of what happened during the, the emergency act and the protest is that, and other things too. And I know a lot of people are seeking to want to do, want her arrested for, um, criminal activity through the RCMP, hiding things and everything. Good grief, man. Yeah. That is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Mm. And uh, it's just like, it's frustrating, but we're hoping that some good will still come out of it and everything because, like I said, there are some lawsuits that are uh, coming uh, going to court in April, May, around there, so. Mm. That is some seriously crazy stuff. It's almost like you're in Havana. Yeah. Ugh. Or C Cuba, because, you know, mm. Castro Jr., so. Well, you are not wrong even slightly there. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever. What else is going on? Well... You know, I, you know, you guys are all familiar with all these objects that were uh, in the sky that were shot down last week and all that. And the one that was shot down uh, near over Lake Huron was only like an hour and a half, two hours away from west of where I live. Oh, really? And apparently, though, that they've given up the search for that one in the lake because they can't find it. It's very interesting. Do you believe that? And no, no. I think they planted it because, you know, like you look at the news, look at all the fires and everything that's going on, like right right across the states and that. In Ohio, there's what Detroit, um, the chemical fire there, the train derailment in Ohio and um, Arkansas, like is just, I think it's just a distraction, you know, and who knows, maybe these, if they were aliens, maybe they were just coming to watch the Super Bowl last weekend, you know. And, Why? Yeah, yeah, but here's the other thing, I don't think there were aliens or anything like people were suggesting, because, you know, if they're coming a uh, hundred million light years away, you know, you think they'd be that easy to shoot down? Why would they go to Canada? I know, yeah. you know, like... <laughs> Well, maybe they wanted to rescue. Maybe they wanted to rescue someone. So. No, it was to feed their pet. Um, what did we have last week? Was their pet? Um, moose? No, it wasn't pet moose. Oh, their pet yetis. Oh, their that pet was yetis. It. Yeah, they had to feed the yetis. Oh, yeah. Check yeah. on them. John Shepard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. And that, but you know, that's what's going on. You know, and um, yeah, it's just you know interesting and. Uh, you know, it gets crazier and crazier every week. What you know? uh, What are you seeing on the larger international side outside of Canada? Well, uh, with uh, Russia and uh, how Germany is now going to supposedly be sending uh, these tanks to Ukraine, and um, you know, is that uh, <laughs> I just don't. I I think it's just also all um, just hype, you know, and. Uh, because uh, Russia, you know, is a fairly strong army, stronger than Germany's army, I believe. You know? Didn't didn't the last time Germany sent tanks through Poland to go to Ukraine to fight the Russians, didn't they lose severely? 
Yeah, because they froze up or something, didn't they? Yeah, I, yeah. I thought something like that happened. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. It's been the a while. The tanks have heaters in them now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that must be the... That's probably it. I don't know. I'm just... Because yeah. <laughs> there's, like, there's still a lot of talk about that, you know, the Russia and the uh, rest of the world on the, the war, but... I still seeing like I'm still seeing stuff where people are showing in Ukraine like nothing's happening there like you say people are just out enjoying uh, enjoying the weather and enjoying uh, the community and uh, if there's such if it's so bad going on there like where are all these videos supposedly of um, you know these attacks going on and uh, you know rumor is that Russia used an uh, mild nuclear weapons on a town in Ukraine or something like that? It's Well, there's been quite a few um, reports that have come out on some different things. So we know that um, we know we have drone images of Ukrainian soldiers, Ukrainian whatever they're calling themselves, executing Russian soldiers that were prisoners. So then Vladimir gave them 24 hours to turn those people over so they could be charged at the Hague. And then they refused to do it, so he dropped gasoline bombs on the city. That was pretty effective. I mean, as a country who's notorious for dropping gasoline bombs, it's pretty effective. And then, so you had that. And then this week, now we have videos coming out of Ukraine shelling Russian troops with chemical weapons and that was a pretty big one um that's floating around out there and nobody knows what the russian response to that is because vladimir already came out and said that's not okay even the nazis didn't use chemical weapons on us yeah years and years ago yeah so i am sure his response is going to be absolutely brutal and there was a report that came out that Russia just uh, released a new weapon they have, an unmanned submarine that can carry uh, nuclear payloads or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, that one's that one's interesting. I'm curious if that actually works. Yeah. But, you know, as long as they had somebody else do the IT for it, it'll probably be okay. <laughs> Russian yeah. IT is not necessarily the greatest thing. No, but, no. You know. And then there was reports that uh, apparently they tried to fly over Alaska this week, uh, Russian jets and uh, NORAD or whatever, chased them away or whatever. Hmm. That's that's kind of normal. That yeah, one I was it, like, yeah. yeah. But apparently from uh, was a Palin, you, from her backyard, she could see Russia. Hey, <laughs> that's what she said. Hey, if, <laughs> if you stand on, where is that that you can... Oh, you know, it's those two islands that are yeah. a mile away from each other, and one's in U.S. water and one's in Russian water. Uh, but, you know, I mean, polar bears, it's fine. No no, super, super big deal. I I think it's been very interesting to watch different stuff. I think the the lefties losing their mind and the people on the right who have fallen for the alien thing with Senator Kennedy making a joke about using the Biden method which is don't look up and just lock your doors (laughs) somehow that equals aliens I understood what he was saying he was saying just ignore it Hmm. but oh my gosh it's been hilarious on TikTok to watch the people that are convinced that that's an alien invasion well you got some really crappy aliens if you were able to shoot them down 
Yeah, well, like, if I were the aliens, I'd ask for my money back for buying those crafts. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, I, we got taken out by a basic air-to-air missile. Seriously, guys. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But hey, and, what, whatever. I it's it's and, just weird stuff. And the interesting thing is, there's not really much talk about it. I think it's a uh, uh, Malaysian uh, princess that died this week due to. Uh, well, did she finally vaccine. succumb? Yeah, I think it was Thursday or whatever I heard, and I'm just curious to see what's going to happen if, uh, you know, if the Malaysian uh, royal family are going to go after uh, Pfizer or whoever, you know, because they apparently people have been contacting them, showing them proof that the vaccine was what caused it, not a a viral infection like mm-hmm. uh, the doctor was saying. So. Speaking of speaking of that, did you see where it's or um, it's not Oregon. Anyway, one of the U.S. states it has gone now through their legislature, and they have ruled that it is now a crime to inject people with mRNA vaccines. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I thought that was it's, a a pretty cool one. It's a start. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a. a an interesting thing. Phil, tell us how we find your amazing, wonderful stuff you make. You can find me on Facebook at Crow Feather Healing Crystal Jewelry. Uh, you know, if there's something you're interested in with the, the, the crystals and uh, the stones that I use, you know, contact me, necklace, bracelet, whatever, and uh, I'll make it. And you can also find me on Instagram at uh Chief Crowfeather have the same pictures there, and uh, I will be also uh, contacting Jen because it's been a while because she was apparently looking at maybe purchasing or getting some a couple things made. So I'll go. be contacting her. She can let her know if she doesn't hear that. So will and, do, and that so. And that's it. And you know, just uh, you guys keep your stick on the ice. Take care, eh? And uh, I'll talk to you guys. Uh, in a few days, and I don't. By the way, uh, CT tag, you're it. Uh-uh. Oh, that was. I don't good. think so. Well, very nice to have you, of course, with us this morning. As always, Philip Mallon, our international Canadian correspondent, who is out giving us the information, and of course, go check him out at Crowfeather Healing Crystals. But a bing. See you later, buddy. See you guys later. Great seeing you. Ah, yes. Good times. Hey, look. Guess what time it is, buddy? I don't know. Look. Oh, yeah, right? Ah, don't you feel better? I know I do. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, I knew there. My ears were starting to sweat. I knew yours had to be. I was like, wow. For sure. Okay. Big hello to everybody watching us on Rumble right now. Jeez, guys, that's amazing. We're glad to see all of you there. Yes, it is very nice to know that people are out. Yeah. Well, you know, whenever you talk about the most hated agency in the world, one of them, join you. without a doubt, without a doubt. So. Yes. According to an inspector general's report released in uh, November of 2013, Uh, Identity theft in the United States is blamed for $4 billion worth of fraudulent 
2012 tax refunds to by the IRS. Hmm. Those fraudulent claims were made with the use of stolen taxpayer identification and social security numbers. Okay. With returns sent to addresses both in the U.S. and internationally. Okay. Okay, following the release of those findings, the IRS stated that it resolved most of the identity identity theft cases of 2013 within 120 days. Okay. While the average time to resolve cases from the 2011-2012 tax period was 312 days. Oh. It's almost a year. Wow. Um, in September of 2014, then-commissioner John Koskinen, Koskinen, he expressed concern over the organization's ability to handle Obamacare and administer premium tax credits that help people pay for health plans from the health laws insurance exchanges. Hmm. Um, it will also enforce the law's individual mandate, which requires most Americans to hold health insurance. So now you're mandating people that they have to have insurance. In January of 2015, Fox News obtained an email which predicted a messy tax season on several fronts. The email was sent by IRS Commissioner Koskinen to workers. He predicted the IRS would shut down operations for two days later this year, which would result in unpaid furloughs for employees and service cuts for taxpayers. Mm -hmm. He also said delays to IT investments of more than $200 million may delay new taxpayer protections against identity theft. Oops. Also in 2015, the editorial board of the New York Times called for the IRS budget cuts pennywise and pound foolish where for every dollar of cuts in the budget, six were lost in tax revenue. How does that make any sense? Hmm. For every dollar cut, six were lost in tax revenue. Okay. A 2020 Treasury Department audit found the IRS had improved its identity verification system offerings for taxpayers, but was still behind in fully meeting digital identity requirements. <clears throat> it's pretty bad when PayPal is more secure than the IRS. Mm. The following year, the IRS announced a new login and ID, ID verification process for a lot of its online tools, um, including general account access, uh, identity protection, PIN setup, and payment plan applications. As part of the agency's identity, credential and access management, known as ICAM, uh, the process included the use of third-party facial recognition technologies mm -hmm. to confirm taxpayer identities. The facial recognition uh, the requirement was dropped in 2022. Mm -hmm. However, following privacy concerns from government officials and the public. Yes. 
Alternative ID verification options have since been introduced with the goal of making the IRS online tools accessible to more people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So. Yeah. In uh, just as a, a point of history, in as early as the year of nineteen as the, as early as the year nineteen eighteen, the Bureau of Internal Revenue began using the name Internal Revenue Service on at least one tax form. Okay. Nineteen fifty three, the name changed to the Internal Revenue Service. It was formalized in the Treasury Decision sixty thirty eight. Mm-hmm. So there you have that. So it has four major operating divisions, large business and international, LB&I. Uh, of course, you have small business self-employment, SBSE, wage and investment, W&I, and tax-exempt and government entities, TEGE. Those are the four major operating division divisions, divisions, divisions. Yes. There's several offices in there. You've got the commissioner, deputy commissioners, um, office of uh, taxpayer advocate. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's kind of a funny one, isn't it? Right. Mm. Uh, independent office of appeals. <laughs> Office of Professional Responsibility. Uh, I, I wonder how the Office of Professional Responsibility. Well, okay. Here, here's the de- here's here's its okay. The Office of Professional Responsibility investigates suspected misconduct by attorneys, CPAs, and enrolled agents or tax practitioners. Uh, practitioners, sorry, involving practice before the IRS and has the power to impose various penalties. Hmm. It can also take action against tax practitioners for conviction of a crime or failure to file their own tax returns. According to the former director, Karen Hawkins, uh, the focus has been on roadkill, the easy cases of tax practitioners who are non-filers. Currently, the uh, acting director is Elizabeth uh, Kestenberg. Hmm. You have the criminal investigation division or office. Uh, That's responsible for investigating potential criminal violations of the U.S. Internal Revenue Code. Um, You have a program's division and there's a a huge structure on it. Um, Individual tax returns at this time uh, gross about $2,294,051. Employment taxes, $1,258,171. Corporate tax income, $419,009. Excise taxes, $5,000,000. 
58,290, gift taxes, 4,621, estate taxes, $54,004 for a total of $4,088,146. Question. How do you justify, how do you justify a budget of $13.7 billion to operate an entity that only collects a little over $4 million. That can't even remotely be accurate. How does that make any sense? There's, there's no way those are accurate numbers. Because you can do the short math and go, there's no way. That was from the fiscal year 2021. That, But there was only... Only, now get this, only a total of $208,724,333 returns. Individual income tax returns from folks like you and I, 160, uh, almost $168 million. Out of 300 and some odd, 350, 360 million people here, mm, I'm not sure what the current sense. census is. Mm, that side seems pretty, that number seems reasonable. Yeah. So are we going to, oh, look at that. Over by the door, there's a giant elephant. It's it's big. Should we, should we talk about that one? We should probably talk about the giant elephant. What are you seeing? The giant elephant in the room that we haven't touched about the IRS. Uh, the one I haven't gotten to yet or what? I don't oh, know. very good. Go ahead. Uh, what are you uh, talking about? Are you, are you coming along to the IRS targeting during the Obama years? Uh, I'm getting there. Okay, good. That's under controversies. (laughs) Controversy. Oh, that's funny. But first, let's talk about a labor union. Most non-supervisory employees at the IRS are represented by a labor union. Hmm, That's weird. It's an exclusive labor union at the IRS. It's an internal labor union. Basically, the National Treasury Employees Union, NTEU. Oh, boy. They're not required to join the union or pay dues. Uh, The IRS and the NTEU have a national collective bargaining agreement. Why? Well, I have to. That's a whole... Excuse me. In uh, pursuing administrative remedies against the IRS for certain unfair or illegal personal action personnel actions under federal law, an IRS employee may choose only one of the three forums below: the NTEU, the National Treasury Employees Union, the United States Merit Systems Protection Board, or the United States Office of Special Counsel. Uh, the employees are also required to report certain misconduct to uh, TIGTA. Uh, the federal law provides, prohibits reprisal or retaliation against an employee who reports wrongdoing. Now I want you to keep that one in mind, right okay. there, what I just said. Mm. 
because now let's jump into some of the controversies or the list of controversies that the IRS has been involved in. <laughs> the IRS has been accused of abusive behavior on multiple occasions, several yes. cases. Um, Testimony was given before a Senate subcommittee that focused on cases of overly aggressive IRS collections uh, tactics in considering a need for legislation to give taxpayers uh, greater protection, okay, in disputes with the agency. Congress passed the Taxpayer Bill of Rights 3 on July 22, 1998. Yep. And that shifted the burden of proof from the taxpayer to the IRS in certain limited situations. The IRS retains the legal authority to enforce liens and seize assets. Here's where it is. Okay. And listen to this very, very carefully. The IRS retains the legal authority to enforce liens and seize assets without obtaining judgment in court. That's a violation of the Fourth Amendment. Agreed. As well as the Fifth, actually. Hmm. Without obtaining a legal judgment from a court. Correct. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that's what you call a rogue agency. And since in order to seize or deprive someone of life, liberty, or property, um, all of which the IRS is capable of doing now since they have an entire armed squadron, um, wouldn't you need warrants? Anybody else would. I would think that an audit would require a warrant. It should. So it doesn't. Huh. That's odd. If how is a warrant? Now let me ask you this. Let's just let's let's compare mm-hmm. apples to apples here. How is a an audit any different than a search warrant? Is it not the same thing? You're searching for something that you think is there? Is that not correct? One moment, please. Processing. Okay. Since you are required to show the burden of proof. Uh, only in, only in, in, in certain situations. The IRS has to show the burden of proof from the taxpayer to the IRS in certain limited situations. Then an audit would require an audit would require a warrant. And the reason it would require a warrant is because you're doing a deep dive into the financial papers which are considered to be secured documents under the US Code for. Because what they're looking for, this is a search in hopes of a seizure. Correct. So an audit would require a warrant. You would think so, but it doesn't. Hmm. 
be a hell of a lot less auditing if you could get that one passed. Or they would just create their own court. Hmm. Hashtag FISA. In 2002, the IRS accused James and Pamela Moran, as well as several others, of conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Filing false tax returns and mail fraud as part of the Anderson Arc investment scheme. Remember yes, that? I do. Um, they were eventually acquitted, and their attorney stated that the government should have realized that the couple was merely duped by those running the scheme. Mm-hmm. In 2004, the law licenses of two former IRS lawyers were suspended after a federal court ruled that they defrauded the courts so the IRS could win a sum of tax shelter cases. Mm-hmm. In 2013, the Internal Revenue Service became embroiled in a political scandal in which it was discovered that the agency subjected conservative or conservative-sounding groups filing for tax-exempt status to extra scrutiny. Yes. Yeah. And that was huge. It's only a footnote in wherever you found it. But it was far more than a footnote. There were Senate hearings. There were witness impeachments. That went on and on and on. And it was discovered. And there were internal documents found. And the order did come from the White House, being the Obama-Biden administration. And believe it or not, that was was actually reported by the Washington Post. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not. Yep. And it was, they did a percentage of nonprofits that are audited in a fiscal year. And you could see in the years before, you could tell it was a very generalized audit. You just threw some places out there, checked them, okay, no big deal. But during those years, basically from 2010 on, Mm -hmm. what you found is the number of audits that took place among just conservative groups had gone up by like 1,800%. Well, when you do that, eventually it's going to catch up with you, and it did catch up with them. On September 5th, 2014, just 16 months after that scandal first erupted, a Senate subcommittee released a report that confirmed that Internal Revenue Service used inappropriate criteria to target Tea Party groups, but found no evidence of political bias. (laughs) What kind of idiot wrote that report? The chairman of the Senate uh, Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations confirmed that while the actions were inappropriate... Uh, intrusive and burdensome, the Democrats have often experienced similar treatment. Well, but but that's not a good argument. Well, the Republicans noted that 83% of the groups being held by the IRS were right-leaning and the subcommittee minority staff, which did not join the majority staff report, 
filed a dissenting report entitled IRS Targeting Tea Party Groups. Hmm. Mm-hmm. On May 25th of 2015, they announced that over several months, criminals had accessed access the private tax information of more than 100,000 taxpayers and had stolen about $50 million in fraudulent returns. Oh. By providing social security numbers and other information obtained from prior computer crimes, the criminals were able to use the IRS uh, online get transcript function to have the IRS provide them with the tax returns and other private information of American tax filers. <laughs> a loop in their own system, a flaw in the programming of their own system. On August 17th, 2015, the IRS disclosed that the breach had compromised an additional 220,000 taxpayer records. Oh, is that all? On February 27th, 2016, they disclosed that more than 700,000 social security numbers and other sensitive information had been stolen. Wow. Hmm. So are we putting this in the category with Illegal, unconstitutional, and out of control government agencies. Again. Oh goodness! Hmm. The uh, IRS has been the subject of frequent criticism uh, by a lot of elected officials and candidates for public offices. It's always come up in every election, mm-hmm. um, including some of those who called to abolish the IRS, which I'm behind 100%. Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> among the... <coughs> get, getting dry over here. Yeah. Mm. Among those, uh, Ted Cruz. Yep. Rand Paul. Without a doubt. Ben Carson. Yep. Mike Huckabee and uh, Richard Luker. Mm-hmm. In uh, 1998, a Republican congressman introduced a bill to repeal the Internal Revenue Code by 2002. In 2016, the Republican Study Committee, which counts over two-thirds of House Representatives Republicans as its members, well, they called for the complete elimination of the IRS. And Republican Representatives uh, Rob Woodall of uh, Georgia uh, has introduced a bill every year since he entered Congress in 2011 to eliminate income taxes and abolish the IRS. And it's yet to pass. Well, at least he's made good on his campaign promise. In 2022, Representative Matt Gates of Florida. Yes, sir introduced a bill to disarm the IRS after the agency had drawn public attention for a $700,000 purchase of what, Dodd? Bullets. Ammunition. Oh, boy. Why does the IRS need ammunition? Well, remember, we talked about this. We did. 
because remember the government is given um, preferential treatment in purchasing. So the government gets everything before we do. Mm-hmm. So if they bought out a, let's say Winchester mm-hmm. of $700,000 worth, what's left in that to go to the public stores. Right. Remember shortages we were having and right. it was hard to get ammo. Well, and yeah. they're just one of many agencies that made those buys yeah. in that same time period. Mm-hmm. Because one of your other ones that you have that made a huge ammo buy, huge, was the United States Postal Service. Yeah. And it was... That's the one that killed me right there. What does the Postal Service need ammunition for? Well, there's not that many postal inspectors. And I, I will give you the postal inspectors are armed, but there aren't very many of them. That's to deal with theft of, you know, mail and stuff. But the amount of ammo they bought was astronomical. I mean, these guys could spend the entire postal inspector club could spend every day at the range for 20 years and still wouldn't run out of ammo. And guess who that was during their presidency? Oh, Biden. Oh, Biden. Now, hmm. The IRS has been criticized for its reliance on legacy software. Um, Systems like the uh, individual master file are more than 50 years old. Mm -hmm. And has been identified by the Government Accountability Office as, quote, facing significant risks due to their reliance on legacy programming languages, outdated software, and a shortage of human resources with critical skills, end quote. Well, I mean, the only thing you can do is just disband them. Well, with a budget like that, you're telling me you can't get better software? Come on, man. I know kids in high school who can write software. Mm. It's not that difficult. (laughs) But you can spend, you know, $700,000 on ammo. Yep. But you can't update your software. It's strange, isn't it? It's a very weird thing. So... Again, go through and um, you can find all kinds of stuff. Um, there's a lot of articles and some things that you can like. Uh, Unbridled Power is one of them. Another one's called Inside the Secret Culture of the IRS. Mm-hmm. Uh, David K. Uh, Johnston uh, has Perfectly Legal. The covert campaign to rig our tax system to benefit the super rich and cheat everybody else. Um, there's one by Charles O. Uh, Rosati. Many unhappy returns. One man's quest to turn around the most unpopular organization in America. And that was actually pressed by uh, Harvard Business School. Hmm. Uh, William V. Roth uh, and Nixon William H. The power to destroy and that's in the uh, New York monthly press you can read that so there's there's a lot of stuff out there 
um, do we do yourselves a, a service and do some research and find out uh, all this stuff on your own. Now, do we enjoy educating and bringing this to your attention? Absolutely. But why are you not seeking light yourself, man? Get out there. Brandy says, in some neighborhoods, postal workers might want or need to be carrying. I know around my neighborhood, we have to carry just to go to the gas station up the street nowadays. No, Brandy, the regular U.S. mailman can't carry a gun. They are not allowed to. Moving on. Whether they do or not is uh, probably a totally different uh, mm, very. story. But, yeah. So, there you have it, folks. That is your... Uh, Internal Revenue Service yes. and its history. The deep dive into the IRS. Who will be next week? You never know. I don't know. Well, there's enough ABCs. We keep this up for an entire season. I mean, we haven't done CIA. We, th- we had, there's we, so many. We didn't actually... We, we haven't done FBI. We, we haven't, haven't done FBI done, either. We haven't done EPA, which is raging in we the We should news. really do EPA. We should, because they have a You know a what? Major... Maybe let's do EPA next week. Okay. Because they have a major case that came out last year against yes. them, so they're yes. kind of worth doing. Yeah, that'd be fun. So, thoughts as we come it's, near... It, uh, this is very much even more so than when we did the deep dive into the ATF. Because what you have with this one is an actual unbridled agency. You know, we talked about some of the stuff the ATF does, but at least the ATF goes and applies for a warrant. Mm. And it's like, yeah, we have to get a warrant in order to seize your crap. The IRS basically avoids all normal rules that apply to the seizure of property. And they have the power to penalize. Which is interesting because I'm curious if they still have the power to penalize. After Apparently. the Supreme Court ruling. But yet they still do. Well, we don't really know. Because we're not really sure yet how far that government agency penalization the Supreme Court ruled on will go. So I'm very, very curious to see how that plays out. We'll have to dig and actually find out. It's another rogue agency. i tell you another thing that... Um uh, oh, and eighty-seven thousand new agents says Mike. Yeah, but that was uh, that was killed by the uh, the house. Yep, that's um, over. That's over. Um, another, it's not an agency, but it would be really interesting to dive into Monsanto. Hmm. That's quite an interesting uh, history in what they're able to get away with now and what they're being used. Actually, they are the weapon in a lot of ways for, uh, but you know, that's a whole, Mm. I mean, there's a lot of, I guess, uh, speculation that's unproven, but you damn well know is true kind of stuff. Pretty much. I'm wondering how many of you, and this is something we talked about the other day, but I wonder how many of you changed your chicken feed and your chicken started laying again. Hmm. What was it, Purina? Yeah, and but the Purina is the Orsland brand, the Tractor Supply brand, all of the feeds that oh. come from both of those two stores, sure. no matter what label they're under, are Purina. If you if you have chickens and they're not laying, don't go buy lane mash. Go buy cracked corn from the co-op. 
and yeah. feed them that and watch yes. what happens. Big time. Because that is a real story. Candace Owens covered it a few weeks ago on her show. Um, a lot of people on TikTok were talking about it. People we know have been talking about it. And now uh, Candace did a, th- a, a huge article on it. And there's been a couple other big names that have jumped in on that bandwagon and have actually dug into some of the research that people put together themselves. And really, they proved that this stuff is, you know, it's one thing if you go and find all this research, right? It's another thing if I take my entire investigative journalism team and turn them loose on the same info and they come to the same conclusion. Guess what? You were right. Which is becoming a pretty solid narrative nowadays. Oh. (laughs) Very solid. I mean, most of the time, everybody's right, except for the people who are trying to tell you you're wrong. I'm wondering, Becky, if Becky was was watching the show, if she's paying attention, I'd like to know, uh, because I haven't had a chance to ask her Mm. about that, because, you know, her chickens just stopped laying. Yeah, they just stopped. Period. And um, I'm curious if she changed the feed. Hmm. I don't know. Becky, if you're out there, if you're out there, you know who you are. Um, We want to hear the stories. A big thank you to our sponsors, Country oh. State of Mind Designs. For one of them, 636-775-1117. Uh, they are located uh, in the old Trans King shop, uh, 139 South Lincoln Drive in Troy. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can she's all excited because um she actually uh you know she's got that DTF machine mm-hmm. and uh she thought it'd be a whole lot of fun <laughs> and uh she says they lied they truly lied uh she's been so lined up with all that stuff and that's what she uses to do like tumblers and coffee cups and all that stuff mm-hmm. with right um she fried the board on it Mm. Uh, so I mean like smoke and everything like it just right Uh, she's uh, it should have been back up and running by Friday yesterday Uh, so all the current orders of DTF uh, gang sheets are on hold Uh, I don't know where she's at today with it so hopefully that's all that's all good the other thing that's going on with them right now is um, and I gotta turn this off so it works here we go Right now, you can go get yourself some chocolate-covered strawberries. Oh. Order them for your honey. Oh, wait. What? We already passed that up, didn't we? Yeah. That was Valentine's, February 14th. Yeah, man. Did I miss Valentine's Day? I don't know. Why is that still in here? I'm going to close that out and get rid of it because, um, wow. Sorry, I didn't mean to give you the weird look, but I was like, "No, really? you're right. She, you're right. She has so, chocolate strawberries all year. That's weird." Yeah. So that being said, go uh, go to Country State of Mind Designs for all your T-shirt designs, everything you need, final signs, everything. If you're a candidate for running for office in April, go get your signs made. Go get your banners made. Go talk to Lisa, man. She'll take care of it all for you. She's absolutely fabulous. Elliot Flooring, uh, our longest. Sponsor, and uh, we love them dearly. They're just amazing people. 406 South Lincoln Drive in Troy. They're open until 2 o'clock today, 636-528-6334. Remember, if you can't get there in time at 5 o'clock for them to close, all you got to do is give them a call. 
uh, they'll schedule a time to stick around so that they can talk with you about your project and, mm-hmm. and everything. Um, class and style, man. Quality flooring, backsplash, countertops, the whole yeah. bit, man. Uh, Elliot Flooring is is the one place you got to go. Again, go see Ken and his crew. 636-528-6334. Flooring floors for your family. True. Absolutely. Safe Harbor Insurance. Our good friends over there, Holly and Dave, are just waiting to take care of you, man. They they're, are. They're just chomping at the bit. Uh, great people. Talk to them, man. They're so down to earth. You could sit down and talk to them for hours. Funny. Yes. <laughs> funny they people. They are uh, very funny. 636-578-7426. Uh, give Holly a call. She's just waiting to help you with your insurance needs. She can save you a whole lot of money. Just go talk to Safe Harbor Insurance. Uh, World League Wrestling. Yeah. Uh, great show uh, coming up on the 25th. That will be at uh, that will be at uh, Fort Linderwood. Uh, that's going to be a great show. It is open to the public, so if you want to make it Saturday, cool. doors doors open at five. Bell time is at six. Um, showing up that night will be WWE Hall of Famer Cowboy Bob Orton, the father of Randy Orton, will be there as well as AEW superstar. Matt Seidel will be showing up that night. Nice. <clears throat> and I pretty sure he's going to be in action wrestling. So nice. And what then also a cool event. March 4th. Yeah. WLW will be back in Troy at the race wrestling arena. Rocking and rolling all night long. With a absolute complete legend. Uh the he's a WWE Hall of Famer and an NWA legend. Ricky Morton from the Rock and Roll Express will be there. Cool, and uh, that's that's something. And he will be facing. He's actually going to be in action wrestling on the fourth, nice. March fourth in Troy. That is Ricky really, Morton. That is really will be cool. in between the ropes, and he will be facing. The World League Wrestling Heavyweight Champion Superstar Steve. Wow. What a great night that's going to be. So don't miss out on that. It's going to be a big fun for that. Brandy, get your ass down there on the fourth. Bring the family. You don't want to miss that. Uh, Dodd, mm. tell me about your pickle. Man, it's pickleontherun.com. Go out there, order yourself some pickle juice. Whether it's chili dilly, power pickle, whatever it is you need. Go find some pickle juice. Free local delivery, pickleontherun.com. Find us on Facebook at Pickle on the Run. Ba-boom. Now, yeah. give us uh, an update it's on that time. Black Flag Outfitters. Black Flag Outfitters. We are moving forward. We are getting all of our inspections knocked out and taken care of and all that good stuff. We've got some stuff that we're going to build. We I ordered some stuff this week. I'm even going to be able to, I have a new sandblaster coming. And a new sandblaster means Cerakoting. Yes, it does. Because you got to have the sandblaster. If you, if anybody, you just have to. So if you are out there, <clears throat> it's guns, it's ammo, it's fishing gear, it's bow fishing equipment, <clears throat> it's Cerakoting, it's gun repair, all of that kind of stuff. That'll be taking place. New address will be... 
203 Main Street in Winfield. Right next to Common Grounds Coffee. It's it's going to be quite a thing. Be opening before too long. Yep. Hopefully you can uh, you go find the Facebook page, which is Black Flag Outfitters. Go like that page. I'm going to do some giveaways, mm-hmm. some free stuff before we even open. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get out there, I'll post that sometime here pretty soon. And it's just a classic like the page and share the post. And then you're registered to win some free stuff. And so, and Traveling East Productions will be there daily. We'll be doing live uh, updates on things. Yeah. We'll talk about gun cleaning. We'll talk about all kinds of stuff. We'll talk about what ammo to use here and there and what weapon, you know, that type of thing. We're going to have a good time yeah. down there. Uh, and that will be sponsored and brought to you by Black Flag Outfitters. Yes. And as you said, it's right next door to Common Grounds Coffee House or what will be Common Grounds Coffee House as Bill is working diligently on that. Trying Just got the roof done on that, I believe. Yes, he did. Uh-huh. And uh, that's going in. Uh, he just got a new grinder. Yep. He just posted that, and that's pretty cool. Um, and again, that's at 205 Main Street. Uh, and and then he announced also that he was really happy to announce that Black Flag, Black, Black Flag. Flag Outfitters, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, uh, is going to be a, a part of their space. So you'll be able to go, uh, yeah, get yourself a couple boxes of ammo, get your gun sir coated, uh, go get yourself a good cup of coffee, yeah. a real good cup of coffee. And there, I mean, there is nothing better than like, hey, can you? fix this for me and you're mm-hmm. like yeah it's going to be about an hour and why don't you go next door and go get some coffee Absolutely. hey that's a great idea and you can go get some coffee it's going to be so much fun down there definitely find us on facebook at black flag outfitters and then of course do it crow feather healing crystal yes. jewelry on facebook go find phil on there some beautiful stuff brandy can tell you great stuff big time uh what you got in closing my friend um, if any of you guys want to jump on with us, both as a regular weekly sponsor of this show and all the other shows on the network, I want you to reach out to one of us and just talk to us. It's pretty affordable. Also, election night coverage is coming up, so we're going to go ahead and try to get those spots filled. It's also super duper affordable, but you got to let us know because there's only so many spots available. Yes. If you're interested, send one of us a message and we will get you all hooked up with that. Absolutely. That's all I have for the week. All right, then. I'm CT. He is Dodd. This has been Morning Java. Stay awake, not woke, and we will see you next Saturday as we do a deep dive into the EPA. Yeah. All right. There you have it. See you guys.